0: hey everyone welcome back to the your money your life podcast of course i'm your host delano soporo we have a great episode today episode 107 week 107 of giving you the hardest hitting business and financial news of course we'll go through the roundtable. of course we'll go through the question of the week and then yes we will talk about what's in the news this week but before you do that before we get to that make sure you five star rate subscribe and review and support this podcast as we continue to do what we do every week. Thank you guys for listening. And I hope you enjoy the show. Market update of the week and news update of the week. Let's first get into the markets. So I'm actually recording a little bit past the market open and the futures are looking pretty dreary. Um, but right now the market's a little bit below flat. NASDAQ down about half a percent. Um, this is after a pretty strong last five days of the market rebounding off a couple of things. One, earnings are coming out stronger than expected, right? Like earnings have been, not strong, they've been in line, but estimates are being risen, uh, being raised, based on the fact that, you know, companies are reporting stronger earnings than expected. So you saw Disney jump nearly 8%, um, you know, five, four to 5% um, in the markets after doubling revenue from its parks. That was a big thing for Disney is people were wondering what is gonna happen Parks and experiences, and they saw a little bit of growth there. So finally, the stock has risen a little bit, and now we're just focusing on a couple things: consumer price index report, uh, which came out, and inflation was actually hotter than expected. It the the print was seven point five percent year over year versus the expected seven point two percent. So everyone knew inflation is going to be high. We've seen it. Everyone that you know buys things knows that anything that you've really purchased in the last, you know, that you normally purchase has gone up 5, 10, 15, 20%. So everyone knew that number. Um, So I don't think it was really shocking the market to really to be digested, honestly. I think what the Fed does um, in the next meeting or the more commentary that we find out will be um, interesting to to digest because that could be something totally different. Um, So that's one big thing. to to know. The Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index is coming out as well. They'll give us a read on how consumers are feeling um, as well. So that's a big thing. But you've seen rebound in the markets as we expected. And people like to do the doom and gloom and the world's ending stick every time. It gets you guys every time. But you just relax. Um, Just relax. If you are worried about that, this means you just don't make enough cash flow if you're worrying every time the market goes down. Because you shouldn't be investing long-term with stuff that you read that you need right now. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, so that's something to focus on. Let's focus on the news now. The Department of Justice arrested a quirky couple after seizing $3.6 billion in stolen Bitcoins as regulators are starting to crack down on crypto crimes. Um, so I saw the story on Twitter, I believe, and really this couple, I've never heard of them before, Heather Morgan and Lila Lichtenstein. Um, uh, they were plotting to launder about 119,000 BTC stolen from bitfinex um it's unclear whether the two were behind, also behind the hack but they stole the money they got the money they're gonna launder this over three that's a lot, a lot of money to launder they must have been watching a little bit of what's that show I'm gonna no. of course I'm forgetting the name on uh, Netflix um that everybody loves but um they were looking to launder this money um and they they were trying to do it and one of them was you know acting as a rapper and saying that there were influences and all this good stuff, but it, it just was interesting to see that they, it was good to see that they were caught once first and foremost. Of course this makes headlines, but this doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, there's different, obviously this is the use case for cryptocurrency. They, money could be stolen in so many different fashions that people do it. But of course this is one that will always get headlines uh, for people, but glad, glad they were caught. That That's crazy stuff that they were out trying to do. Um, moving on. Netflix leads Oscar nominations again. So Netflix leading Oscar nominations again. Right now, they're at 27 nominations. Nearly half of those nominations went to its drama, Power of the Dog, which me and my girlfriend watched. And I I don't know, it was interesting. I was falling asleep like I normally do and she gets mad at me when, you know, I fall asleep in these movies, but this one was all right. I, I thought it was decent. Uh, Acting was great. Got to love Jesse Plemons. uh, Great, great actor. But I thought, um, this is talking about the streaming wars again. We are going away from traditional theaters, which still has some nostalgic feel to it. But we are moving towards streaming from your house. I would rather prefer, in most cases, to just stream from my home, save myself the trip as a homebody, stay inside, watch a great show. And you're seeing HBO Max being sued by filmmakers for the fact that they're releasing their movies direct to consumers on streaming at the same time as they're putting it out, roughly the same time as they're putting it in theaters. And a lot of the compensation for these filmmakers is tied to the back end of how it does in theaters. And so it's effectively screwing them, but I mean, you should know this prior to, I guess, signing a contract, but it's either here or there, or there. those are the things we battle on in court. But again, as someone as a consumer, I think I like sitting at home and watching versus going out. Um, but you're going to see that 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 concept being battled uh, more. But I think more is going to come direct to consumer, right? King Richard, great. Watch out APL Max. It didn't really affect It was still a great movie. It didn't affect me as much. Even if you like sometimes a theater feel, which I sometimes do. Uh, but this is good, a great, uh, interesting thing to watch going forward. Something really interesting to watch, Microsoft, LinkedIn. So obviously, you know, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. It's testing a no politics button that lets users block political content from their feeds. And do you think this will put pressure on Facebook and Twitter to consider consider a similar feature? No. I think Facebook and Twitter are different. They need and want... That discourse of politics or whatever on their platforms. LinkedIn, I actually never really see politics on LinkedIn. If you do let me know, because that's just interesting. I never see it. I think it's different because you're in a different network on your LinkedIn than you are on your Facebook, Twitter, and even Instagram. So I don't see any politics on LinkedIn. I think that would just be interesting to see. It's, it's a little Bessie, maybe a little bit of insuiting, and imitating things on. Um, LinkedIn, but I don't see outright politics, more insinuations really, to be honest. Um, so that's, but I don't think it's gonna pressure the other platforms because those platforms need that discourse. They thrive off of it, whether it's politics, whether it's something stupid, whether it's a funny thing, or it's the most talked about thing of the day, they thrive off that engagement and they just wouldn't test that feature. I don't, I just don't see that. But in more media news, IAC, which is the holding company for Tinder and other um, social media slash dating apps, as well as versions of magazines like Entertainment Weekly and InStyle, they're gonna take off the print version of these magazines just be digital only. One, they save money. Two, everyone is going digital only. Why would you not? We've talked about why you have to have some Wi-Fi income, meaning internet only income, meaning non brick and mortar income. And so they're doing that. They're taking away the digital, they're probably a loss leaders for them, the print, the print magazines, I don't even know where, where could you get a print magazine in this day and age? Is it still at like the airport? I think it's like the only place. And how often do you go to the airport? So they're taking that away um, and going digital only. Fact of the day, there's a record 31.5 million Americans expected to bet on this year's Super Bowl. That's up from 35% from last year, up from 35%. Why? Well, a couple of things, this went from 20 to 30 states that have now legalized online sports betting um new york being one of them so guess what i'm one of those 31.5 million americans i actually picked the los angeles rams asked my friend group i picked the los, Ash- los angeles rams prior to the season even started when i saw that they picked up they had, their the defense remained strong with the best corner in the game jalen ramsey they picked up matthew stafford a top 10 quarterback let's call them i picked them But of course, I have some ties to some other teams, so I'm rooting for the other teams. And I do really, really like Joe Burr. I think he's the best young player outside of Patrick Mahomes. Um, He's the best, he's just just really, really good swagger, all that, Um, so it's gonna be a good game. I don't know who's gonna win. I didn't bet on a particular winner, just made some different prop bets for fun um, and that's what you, people should be doing for fun, not with your rent money, I'll actually do that if you want. Um, but um, this is just for for fun and I think, you know, you're gonna see a lot more sports betting, you're gonna see a lot more of that happening as people just look for other ways to entertain themselves. Um, so that's really, really interesting. Speaking of entertainment, Peloton, which is having some troubles recently, they're an acquisition target, possibly. There's people that are saying that Amazon or Nike might step in to say, I don't see it. I just think it's a it's it's a big of a lift. It's a huge strategy shift for one of those companies. It wouldn't be a strategy shift. It's more of a smaller bet in, in size of those companies, especially Amazon, uh, which is a top five market cap company in the world. But to take on Peloton, which is a fledg- fledgling company that's having some growth issues and just cut 2.8 thousand jobs, 2,800 jobs, excuse me. Um, that's a fifth of its corporate roles. Then they're trying to narrow losses. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I just think that it, I don't see it. And we'll see if that comes down the pipe. But I think it's just talk, rumor mill. But I just don't see that happening as of now. Um, but it is an attractive business in the sense that it has 2.7 million loyal subscribers. That's based on the content and the talent of their writers, right? The whole product itself isn't that like, innovative. It's just the bike, right? But the the talent, the content, that's the biggest part of the company. And we'll see if someone finds that attractive. I just don't see that um, right now. In more news, what is going on in the world of Apple? More tech. Apple is actually announcing tap to pay. So in a bid to encourage more smartphone intimacy, the company is releasing a feature that allows customers to spend money by simply tapping an iPhone against a merchant's iPhone, effectively turning the device into a checkout register. Apple's tap to pay is expected to rival the point of sale system sold by Block, formerly known as Square. Yeah, I was thinking like, don't we already have that? But of course, Apple hasn't made the actual merchant side of things. And now they're saying, hey, you can just tap your iPhone against the Walgreens iPhone and now you've paid, which I don't know if he's tapping against the Walgreens iPhone or if we just use the the regular you know, thing that we've been using that was from Block or from wherever else. But of course, they're going to get a piece of every pie they can. I think it's cool because I've always said I dislike cash and I get annoyed when someone is using cash in front of me. And this is just a way for us to eliminate that altogether. If you have cash in 2022, please try to get rid of it if you can. So we can quit quicker through things like I don't want to wait for you to pull out your coins and do this and and all that just making me annoyed as I'm trying to buy my Gatorade, (laughs) but we will see if that will move forward. Um, We'll be watching for that. I think that'll be interesting. Next up, back in the land of crypto, NFTs now. So now it's not just obviously digital tokens or apes being sold as digital tokens, but now there's a real estate company that is trying to handle the sale of an NFT as part of a real estate transaction, right? So, um, a house in Gulfport, Florida, will be auctioned off as an NFT tomorrow, and what is claimed to be the first U.S. real estate NFT transaction. The bidding starts at sixty-five or six hundred fifty thousand in ether. So, what they're saying is, the NFT will effectively replace the house's deed by representing a limited li- liability corporation that owns the property rights. So the winning bidder will receive an NFT of a company that owns the house. Super complicated, uh, but that's essentially what's going on. Um, the, the owner of the house is saying, hey, we're just a decentralized company and we're selling this real estate NFT to can make the prop- process of property buying um, as speedy as sending to Venmo. So I do think this is one of the applications for like Ether uh, smart contracts that people want to essentially get to is like cutting out the broker person, middleman in some cases, and middle man or woman in some cases, and just saying, hey, we have a contract, we have a smart contract that as soon as this is done, the funds will be released and the title of the house will be transferred to you. Um, so that's what they're eventually trying to get to. I think that's really interesting. It's speed, cost efficiency, speed, all that stuff is really, really interesting. And one of the benefits of blockchain, cryptocurrency, smart contracts, and where we're eventually leaning to in this new digital shift. And I think it's really, really cool. Moving forward, Bumble, the fledgling public company, still doing well, but having trouble in the public markets. They're making an acquisition. They bought the French dating app Fruits to win over Gen Zers in Europe. So they made its first ever acquisition. It's a five-year-old company, Fruits is, um, and what they're trying to do is add to their base in Europe just get more people involved. Um, and I think that's a, a good strategy. I've always said that it, Bumble itself is probably an acquisition target for a company we mentioned before, IAC, which owns Tinder, Hinge and all those other um, dating apps. So I think it's it's a, it's a much better play. They need to grow inorganically, organically because growth organically is gonna be tough in this environment, especially among young users. Um, it's just gonna be hard. It's just gonna be very, very hard for them. All right, more than 80% of Americans ages 18 to 34 said now is now a bad time to buy a house. Stay with me on that. They said now was a bad time to buy a house. So according, of course, we remember 2021, late stages of 2020, everyone's buying houses, everyone's moving out to the suburbs or wherever. But now people are saying, hey, interest rates are rising. The prices have skyrocketed. We're at the top of the real estate market. I wanna wait. 18 to 34-year-olds are saying, I want to wait. The medium sale home prices reached 365000 in January, according to Redfin. That's a 16% jump from the previous January and a 28% increase from January 2019. The skyrocketing your home prices highlight the severe demand, su- demand supply imbalance. Everyone wants it. Demand is increasing. Supply is obviously you know, trying to catch up. Um, and so people are saying, hey, let me wait. Let me let things cool down. I've heard that a lot from clients. Some people are going for it, which is great. But other people are saying, hey, let me wait and wait for this top to bottom out and get it at a more attractive uh, price for myself. Big picture, millennials think they're main, uh, but main character in every story. <laughs> but in, in guys, there actually are. Many of us are, I think the average age, they said that of, of home buyers, the medium age was 32 for first-time home buyers in the US. Um, so that's interesting to keep our eyes on. All right, more news. Peter Thiel, he wrote the first, or one of the first checks to Facebook, 500,000. So we've talked about angel investing, investor investing. I I actually think I referenced him in last week's episode. But he wrote one of the first checks to Facebook in 2004. Facebook IPO'd in 2012, and he cashed out a chunk of his holdings for 638 million, so 500,000. Presumably, he kept reinvesting in other rounds unless he had non-diluted, dilutive stake in the very first round. But he cashed out 638 million. Yesterday, he said he's cutting tides with a company known as Meta. He will step down from the position of the board in order to spend time um, with more of his political pursuits. So that's interesting. It's interesting to see you know things that happened two, one, two decades ago fulfilling themselves out right now. Um, in more tech news, Amazon is more than doubling. It's maximum base pay for corporate and tech employees from 160,000 to 350,000. We've talked about wage inflation, tech, different areas, what's happening in those areas. And it's really happening folks. Um, So different things to look into there. Finally, the big Super Bowl weekend is this weekend. What is, who's your pick? Who is your pick? I don't even know who I'm gonna go for. I think that I could go either way. I, I did pick Los Angeles at the beginning of the year hopefully i said on this podcast so someone can bring it up or at least point me to where i said that if i did i think i did hopefully i did on this on this podcast but i will say that um let's talk more of the business side of things who is making money on these ads what's happening so the main money makers here are comcast um nbc so nbc has super bowl broadcasting rights Um, which is really interesting to watch. You can watch it on Peacock. You can stream it on Peacock. I think that's what I'm gonna do this year. And they sold all the Super Bowl ads with 30 second spots. The 30 second spots were selling for a record seven million this year. Car and tech companies are of course the biggest spenders Well, crypto companies, I'm sure crypto.com has a commercial. They spend a lot on advertising. That also is expected to be in the fray this year. So we'll keep watch on that. Send me your picks, send me your winners, send me your bets, and let's move on to question of the week. Question of the week, your money, your life, listeners. So so the question is an interesting one. And the listener says, am I a cheapskate for not giving $500 for my aunt's funeral? Let's read into this more. My aunt passed away, her only daughter Beth cannot afford the full cost of the funeral. She is 61 and working two jobs and sometimes three jobs to make ends meet. She has three children who are in their thirties but they struggle to make ends meet as well. My cousin Mary and her siblings were thinking about helping her with the cost of the funeral. They're close to Beth and have a contact with her throughout the years. My brother Tom sent a message to me and my other two brothers uh, saying, Beth might be able to pay for the funeral. Both of my brothers chimed in that they would be happy to help in any way they can. The whole conversation has made me feel uncomfortable since I had not had contact with Beth or my aunt in over 30 years. However, my aunt was my dad's sister, so I understand why my brothers wanted to help. I remained silent and didn't reply until I had a chance to think about it. Three days later, I had not heard from my brother regarding the funeral arrangements, so I went online and found the details of the the funeral. I decided to send Beth uh, a mass card, knowing she and my aunt were very religious. I felt the gift was appropriate for my relationship with her. Following day, I heard from Tom saying that Mary and her siblings decided to ship in 500 apiece to help out with the costs. The full cost of the funeral was not covered. My, my brother went on to say that Beth would no longer have my aunt's social security checks. Uh, my aunt was living with Beth at the time of the, of the death. Tom was wondering if we could, if we would all like to contribute and send something, he said he would be, was willing to match the 500 that my cousins were going to give to Beth. This is really convoluted. Anyways, he said, the, the listener said, I told him I already sent something to Beth and I haven't heard from my brother since that email. I've always been frugal and it bothers, ta- and it bothers Tom. It's not a question to be able to afford it to me. Five draws is a lot to give to Beth, considering we are not close and have not had contact in decades, the situation has kept me up for nights night on end. And I'm not sure what to do if I should contribute. This is interesting because it's always an interesting thing of family, money, helping, not helping. Shoot. I'm sure everyone has a story about that. Right. Um, so I think it's really, really interesting to think about, um, and, and how we go about that is is an interesting concept to think about. But I, I think in this situation, you have to consider your own budget. I think with money, you always do what feels right for you. Of course, if you can help out someone, you should, especially family. But if you haven't had contact with someone in decades, I don't know how close you are. If your family, everyone's doing it, then that's probably the incentive. You could be doing it just because your family is doing it. That makes sense. But if it's Someone that you don't know asking you for something, that just doesn't make sense to me. But it seems like it's your family saying, hey, we're close to this person, we think we should do it, join us. So if you wanna appease them, I certainly think you should. Again, 500 doesn't sound like a lot in this scenario, obviously, um, and so that's something to consider. But these are always tricky, t- tricky questions. Money, family, relationships, all this stuff can get tricky. Well, folks, that's the Your Money, Your Life podcast this week. Stay tuned next week for more.